Today is the Feast of the Holy Trinity, and the Gospel reading appointed for this day is from the third chapter of St. John's Gospel, beginning with the first verse. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man, who is in heaven. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. Amen. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. Even though he was a ruler of the Jews, he still feared the other rulers of the Jews. He declared to our Lord, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. But the moment our Lord began to speak to him concerning the conversion of the sinner, the Pharisee began to challenge his teaching. Nicodemus was afflicted by two problems. First, it was manifest that he was afraid of being discovered talking to Jesus. This is to say, he was afraid of the opinions of men, especially when those men have power. Second, even though he was a Pharisee, a man charged with the responsibility of teaching the divinely revealed doctrine, he was trying to judge God's word according to the criteria of his own reason. In both these regards, Nicodemus's weaknesses were the same as afflict many people today. They are afraid that actually believing and proclaiming biblical teaching will draw the hatred of the world, and they are inclined to judge the teachings of Holy Scripture according to the criteria of human reason. Our Lord asked Nicodemus, are you the teacher of Israel, and do not know these things? Nicodemus was not some ignorant heathen. He had been taught the word of God and was charged with the responsibility of teaching others. And yet, when he spoke to the one who is the word of God incarnate, Nicodemus spoke according to the criteria of human reason. What then shall be said concerning the world, which is ignorant of the word? St. John wrote in the first chapter of his Gospel concerning the incarnate Son of God. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the, the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The nations are ignorant concerning the mind of the Lord save for such hints and intimations of the law as may be grasped from natural revelation, that is, from their consciences and reason from nature. 
St. Paul wrote of this natural knowledge of God in the first chapter of his epistle to the Romans. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because, that, uh, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. So far the words of St. Paul. Since the fall of Adam, the reason of man has been darkened by sin, and the sinful hearts of men have been alienated from God, so that now men actively suppress the truth in unrighteousness, for they do not know God. Instead, men fashion idols for themselves, which reflect their corrupt desires of their sinful hearts and minds. Although the invisible attributes of God, his justice, his omnipotence, his omniscience, his omnipresence, are perceivable from the natural realm and have been recognized, at least in part, by the great philosophers of antiquity. Still the world did not know him who made it. When he came in flesh, many of them rejected him, because of the futility of their thoughts and the desperate wickedness of their hearts. The Lord declared to Nicodemus, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And again, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. The word which is translated as again, anathan, also means from above. This is the meaning which is most obviously connected with that which the Lord goes on to say to Nicodemus. Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. This new birth, being born from above by the work of the Holy Spirit through water and the word, is thus the means of grace, which stands to the very heart of what it means to be a part of the church. As our Lord declares in Mark the 16th chapter, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. To be born from above is to be baptized and believe. Nicodemus's corrupted reason only thought in terms of the natural birth. Thus our Lord said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Nicodemus was, no doubt, considered quite learned according to his peers, but he had not comprehended such a central teaching concerning that which had already been proclaimed through St. John the Baptist for some time as he went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As St. Peter declared in his Pentecost sermon, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children, and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. It is fitting that this holy feast day coincides with the eighth day of the Feast of Pentecost. Every year, the Feast of the Holy Trinity is the last of the eight days of that feast. 
The propers which are appointed for this day testify to the origination of this day as the eighth day of the octave of Pentecost. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 15, was the gospel for that eighth day. But the other propers, the introit, gradual, collect, and the epistle from Romans the 11th chapter, reflect the feast which is now observed in place of that octave, which offers to the church an opportunity to think deeply concerning that which is revealed in Holy Scripture. The biblical teaching of the doctrine of the Trinity is faithfully confessed in all the ancient creeds of the church, the Apostles' Creed, Nicene Creed, Athanasian Creed. The last of these creeds is appointed to be used on at least all four feast days, Christmas, Easter, Pentecost, and Trinity. And it can also be used on Epiphany and Ascension. That which is confessed is that which the Word of God has taught literally from the first chapter of Genesis. And the doctrine of the Trinity is attested to in the readings for this day. The sin-darkened mind of man is confused by the misdirection of human reason and the sentiments of the human heart. Concerning the divine nature and the work of redemption which the Christ accomplishes, man can know nothing apart from that which the Lord himself revealed. And the Lord has made known his salvation, even as he has revealed that which is needful for us to know concerning his divine nature. Our Lord declared to Nicodemus, Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know, and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? The biblical teaching concerning justification is resisted and even rejected by many who would proclaim themselves to be Christians even to this day, claiming to find some necessity for the works of men, or even some power for a decision in the heart or mind of man from his natural powers. False teachers have confused the hearts and minds of many regarding that which is needful to be believed for our salvation. To see the kingdom of God, to enter the kingdom of God, is something which is accomplished by the work of God. For the Son of Man, who is the Son of God, was lifted up on the cross, so that we, through faith in him, might be saved. That saving faith is the gift of God. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. The faith is the gift of God. That faith, worked by the Holy Spirit, is that through which we are made partakers of the salvation accomplished by our Lord Jesus Christ. He who descended from heaven, becoming incarnate in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, is the one who perfectly fulfilled the will of his Father, and made atonement for our sins through the shedding of his blood and the offering of his life for the sins of the world. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The Son of God has been lifted up. He died once for all, so that we would have hope in him. The unity in Trinity, and Trinity in unity, and the union of the two natures, God and man in Christ, are the two great mysteries of the faith, made known through the divine word, and faithfully confessed by the church. O oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments, and his ways past finding out! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has become his counselor? By grace the Lord has made these things known to us in his word, that we might have life and salvation. Christ Jesus, our Lord and God, has delivered us from death. 
We know God and love him because he first loved us and because he has made himself known to us through his divine word. The Lord atoned for our sins and granted to us that we would know his salvation by grace through faith. That which could never be known by human endeavor is revealed by the Lord. And thus we have peace with God and the consolation of life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who hast given unto us thy servants grace by the confession of a true faith, to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity and the power of the divine majesty to worship the unity, we beseech thee that thou wouldst keep us steadfast in this faith and evermore defend us from all adversities, who livest and reignest one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to join them today for the Divine Service at 10 a.m. Sunday school falls immediately after the Divine Service, and we are currently studying the First Epistle of St. Peter. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m., which is a matin service, and we invite you to join us then as well. Salem was located approximately two miles north of Malone off of FM 308, and Salem is affiliated with the Evangelical Lutheran Diocese of North America. For more information concerning our diocese, you may visit it on the internet at www.eldona.org. These broadcasts are provided through the support of the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.